I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. (laughs) Kia ora everybody. I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I speak with Jade about the birth of her two children. Jade takes us through her first birth, which was under midwifery care, and she had a very unexpectedly large baby. And then her second baby, which she decided to go through an obstetrician. She takes us through the differences of those two experiences, as well as life as a young mum and also now a single mum. So thank you very much, Jade, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Jade. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. That's okay, Jordan. Hope you're well. Thank you. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Yeah, for sure. So my name's Jade and I have two little bubbers. I've got Frankie Lou and Boston. Awesome. And whereabouts do you guys live in New Zealand? So we're from Auckland. Cool. Very cool. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you the first time around? unexpected, I think is just the main <laughs> word that we can go with. Um, Frankie yeah. was a surprise, but it was the best surprise ever. And she has like brought so much light and love into our lives. Um, and yeah, I'm so happy to be a mom. It's just awesome. Yeah. And how did you find out that you were pregnant? Did you miss a period or have some early symptoms that made you think maybe you were? I had had a few missed periods, but the reasoning behind that was that I had an ovarian cyst. So I was seeing a gynecologist for a few months, like trying to sort that all out um, and figure out what the underlying problem was to me not having regular periods for like a, oh, yes. have been like a year or so. Um, and me and my partner at the time had been together maybe like eight months before I had conceived Frankie. So it wasn't like we were planning it. I was just trying to figure out what my cycle was doing and I was in quite a lot of pain and that was due to the cyst. So I was seeing a gynecologist and it came to the point of me having surgery to remove my right ovary Um, because the cyst had actually gotten so bad that she was like, there is no possible way that this is going to be removable. So the easiest option is just to remove your whole right ovary and then you'll still be able to hopefully fall pregnant via your left ovary. So before surgery, they make you do like your blood tests and they make you do a pregnancy test and that came back negative, which was fine. And then I went in for surgery and she actually ended up when she was inside looking around about to remove my ovary. She was like, actually, we're not going to do it. It's healed enough. I think that that we might be able to come back from the cyst. It seems like it's going down because I was on heavy antibiotics prior to surgery and hope that it right. would go down. So it had, 
And then at my six week follow up, she was like, have you, received, have you got a new period? Like, has your period come back? And I was like, no, it actually hasn't. But I feel like, you know, maybe my body's just in shock from everything that's yeah. going on. And I've never had a proper cycle anyway. So I was just kind of like, it comes when it wants to. And then she was like, I suggest you do a pregnancy test. Just do one and see if it's positive or negative. I did one and it was positive, which was very, very big surprise. I remember my partner was out drinking or at a business dinner or something rather. And I called him and I was like, you have to come home right now. We are having a child. We were both so excited. Like it wasn't, um, at the time it was definitely something that wasn't planned, but it wasn't something that we were like, oh, you know, is this the right sure. thing? It was definitely like all guns blazing. We were so excited. Um, yeah. Fast track down, like I had an amazing pregnancy and then ended up having Frankie at like 42 weeks, which was <laughs> very late. But, um, yeah. yeah, it was it was a great experience. Yeah. And did you guys do like antenatal classes or anything like that before you ended up going into labor? Well, I think it was a – it was hard. I mean, I was only 21, 22 when I fell yeah. pregnant with Frankie and I was very unsure of what to do. None of my friends had, had kids. The only person I really yeah. could ask for advice was like my GP and like my mum. and my mum being like 55, she's way past knowing anything to do with <laughs> newborns or like what to do. She was like, you just go yeah. to your GP. Like they know what to do. They normally like help with the whole scenario. And whatnot. So I went to my GP and she's like, you need to find a midwife or go private. And she pointed me in the direction of going through a midwife because of my age. And she thought yeah. that maybe there would only be like a small complication possibly from being put under, um, and being on such, um, high painkillers whilst I was pregnant, that the risk would be quite minimal. So I ended up going with a midwife. She was amazing pretty straightforward pregnancy. I felt quite sick in the start, but nothing to complain about. The only thing was getting near the end and being so overdue. I think I was 16 days past my due date when they decided to induce me. And that was very stressful, I could say. Um, More the fact that I just didn't know what was going on. I was just kind of like going with the flow, like you know, just ignorance is kind of bliss kind of thing. My scans, I was going for scans maybe once a week from 38 weeks, I think it is. And then when I yeah. got to like 41 weeks, a lady that was doing my scan was like, your baby is really big. And oh, no. I called my midwife and I was like, this lady has just told me I'm going to give birth to this massive baby. And she's like, okay, <laughs> there is no possible way you have a big baby inside of you. You're weighing like perfectly. And I wasn't huge, but I'm only five, three and only weigh like 51 kilos pre-baby. So I'm not like yeah. the biggest person. And she's just like, no, nope, going to be fine. So then finally, like they just kept putting me on the back burner because there were so many other like higher cases that needed to come through, yeah. I guess at the time. So she was like, you're healthy, your baby's stable. Like we can, we're just going to wait it out. So it got to 16 days and I was finally induced. And my goodness, that was just Wow. Being induced is like, I don't know. I've not had like, even with Boston, my second pregnancy, I was induced again. I think it was different because I had an obstetrician, but wow. It was so intense for like six hours. I was contracting with no stops and they couldn't do anything. I was not dilated enough. I think I was only like two centimeters dilated and having contractions that were lasting 
horrendously long and they just couldn't give me an epidural because they're like there's no possible way so you just got to ride it out so I rode out like these contractions for like seven hours I think it was and then finally got an epidural so I think my yeah. labor in, in total was like 24 hours Frankie 23 oh hours gosh. <laughs> yes and did they use the the gel first and then the drip to induce you or did yes. they break your waters what was that experience so, um so I went in and there was nothing like I wasn't dilating I was just went in and they were like okay well we'll just start with the gel so inserted and then they did it I think following like four hours like is it four hourly gosh I should remember this it's only two and a half years ago I think it was every four <laughs> hourly they kept checking nothing happened for the first six hours anyway and then all of a sudden I think with the second lot of gel that was inserted everything started kind of kick-started and at this yeah. point I was like I don't care what happens like I didn't really go into the birth with like a birth plan I didn't do any antenatal classes I just kind of went with the flow and I was like what will be will be um I didn't want to put any expectations on myself and like if I had to have a cesarean it would happen or like if I wanted painkillers it would happen and whatever ever um my partner actually met down in the lobby this lady that was married to some anesthetist and she was like you need to get my husband to come and do your partner's epidural Mm -hmm. like he is amazing and he was a godsend. He was like the most amazing man to see. I'll try and remember his name. It'll come to me probably in the second part. But he was so good and he met me in the birthing suite. So I was sitting in, I was in the women's assessment unit for seven, eight hours and then they moved me to the birthing suite at probably like 1am and this guy was waiting there to do my epidural and it was just, I was crying of happiness and in pain that he was just going to like <laughs> make the pain stop and then I managed to get probably yeah. like three hours sleep, four hours sleep until I had to push um, Frankie out, which was another crazy moment because I did not know what was going on. All of a sudden, I think my midwife was trying to get her out, but she kept slipping. So she'd come out like the tiniest bit and then just like go straight back up the birth canal and like she wouldn't come yeah. back out for like five, 10 minutes. So I think I was pushing for maybe around two, two and a half hours, which was so draining. I think cause like by this point, like I'd been having like constant contractions prior to my epidural for so long yeah. and then managed to get a rest. But then, Oh, it was just so, so hard. It's so hard getting birth. <laughs> but um, yeah. all of a sudden, uh, maybe like 10 or 12, nurses and OBs came racing into the room and they had to do a forcep delivery um and an episiotomy which was fine like I was kind of like all days I just wanted her out and I just wanted her healthy and then she was born and god behold she was 10.1 pounds of baby oh my gosh (laughs) um very healthy very big baby and my midwife just like whispered in my ear and she was like I am so sorry I did not think that she was gonna be that size like obviously I didn't have diabetes there was nothing like that would indicate that I would have a baby of that size so yeah all was good she is healthy happy little two and a half year old now but didn't scare me enough not to go again. I've <laughs> had another one <laughs> since Frankie. Um, yeah. And so after she was born, did they pop her up on your chest or what was the sort of next hour away. or so like? Yeah. So straight away yeah. she was popped on my chest. Um, she took to the boobs straight away as well, which was great. And then I think maybe like four hours later, I was at birth care, like straight into oh, birth wow. care. Yeah. So I, yeah. I did get 
maybe like a few stitches. It wasn't like a bad, it wasn't a tear. So they did do an episiotomy, which was a lot better than a tear than a tear. So I was fine yeah. with that. That healed completely normal as well. Um, went to birth care. I was there for probably like 24 hours and I was just like, get me home. So I was home within like <laughs> maybe like 30 hours of giving birth. I was home. Um, yeah. And just settling into the ways of being a new mum. Yeah. And how did you find that sort of adjustment period? Definitely very hard with my first. Um, Frankie, it's just like you're a new mum, right? Like it's all the yeah, unknown. Yeah. You can never know like what you're doing. Like, is it the right or wrong way? Like, do I breastfeed? Can I bottle feed? Is she sleeping enough? Am I sleeping enough? Like there's just so many things that and pressures, I think, as a new mum. And you just don't know what to do. So yeah, I definitely felt like you get the baby blues, maybe like a few days after giving birth, and that's just like this. <laughs> waterfall of emotion that just comes over you <laughs> yeah. and you just are like what's happening but it is yeah. like part, when you get past that it is such like a amazing like surreal moment and I think I did suffer and like I've come out definitely now the other side of it but I'm looking back I was maybe in denial that I did have postnatal anxiety quite bad um yeah it was more like maybe when she was like three, four months and I kind of, I only breastfed her for up to like six months, I think. And then maybe when I started stop like to slow down breastfeeding, my hormones kind of were like adjusting and such bad yeah. anxiety, like leaving the house, like if she's going to cry in public, like what if something happens? Like, and I just think like mums need to not be so hard on themselves because that's just normal. Like all these like yeah. feelings you feel, it's just, you're a new mum. And it's just all so unknown. Um, But yeah, I definitely like got over it like pretty fast. And I think having a really good support system around you of either like your own mum or like getting yourself out there and like going to mum groups and finding other people that are on the same journey as you really helps conquer like all your fears and makes you feel like you are not alone because you're not alone. There's always going to be someone that's going through the same thing, especially in motherhood, you know, it's... It's yes. just good, like, as long as you've got it, I think as soon as I got my support support system, like, locked down, and obviously my friends were still, like, 22, and they had no idea what was going on, like, bless their souls, like, they were <laughs> so, like, helpful, and they tried their hardest to, like, connect with me, and they did, but they still didn't get it, so I think, like, any yes. new mum should just put herself out there to find a core group of good other mums that are going through the same journey, and it's just so calming, when you can just have like a outlet of women that know exactly what's going on. Yeah. And how did you manage to find that sort of support group? I just like in all seriousness, Instagram straight away. Like as soon as I saw like maybe like a friend of a friend or, um, this might sound really stupid, but like someone that's like, you know, same maybe style as me or whatever. And same age group. Like you just send them a message like, Hey, you're a mom. I'm a mom we've got kids around the same age, like let's meet up for coffee. And I yeah. did that with maybe like seven or like seven, 11, seven to 11, like girls. And now we're all onto like our second babies, which is really exciting. But like <laughs> with our first, like we all just came together and we're still so close and I treasure yeah. them so much as like my support system. And like we talk daily, like we've got our group chat and it's just like, we send endless memes of like, <laughs> mum quotes and like talking like who was up all night last night like it was the moon or like the weather's making our children crazy but like (laughs) just having that kind of like fun and like family which is like mums is just so comforting um yeah 
And now it's like, we're not just friends because of our children. We're friends because like we genuinely care about each other. And I'd be friends with yeah, these yeah. girls without children now, you know, it's just, yeah. You've just got to put yourself out there to be like, got to kind of be a bit vulnerable, I guess. And just see if like anyone else will connect with you. And 99.9% of the time, actually a hundred percent of the time, I'll say a hundred percent. No other mum is going to turn another mum down to meet up for coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You're always going to find someone that's on the same path and yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And obviously you have another baby now. So do you want to take us through falling yes. pregnant the second time? So at Boston, I said to my partner at the time that, you know, this is happening. If we're having one, we're going to have two or three or four or whatever. I always wanted a big family, but now I retract that yeah. statement. Now that I've got two, I'm like, <laughs> I'm done with two. I have a boy and a girl and like, I couldn't ask for more. But, um, so I think after I'd gone to my period, so funny enough, my period came back like clockwork and it has been since having children and my, oh, wow. um, uh, my, Oh, gynecologist, sorry, said that that could be a possibility, um, that I would get my cycles back in a regular form, like after having children. So yeah. we've got like, after Frankie, I gave my body like a quite a big break. I think there's 18 months between Frankie and Boston. Yes, there's 18 months. Um, and I kind of, Frankie was born in July, start of July. And then in January, I said to my partner, I was like, Hey, like, let's start like trying to have more babies. Um, I didn't want to be like on birth control or anything because I knew that we we're just kind of going to slide into the next one, hopefully. Um, yeah. And so I started seeing an acupuncturist to just get my cycles back on track and see if my womb was favorable of having another baby um, only six months after having Frankie. So I think after seeing him for three months, I felt oh no, four months. So I started in January and you go and I went and saw him every month. And then by April, I'd fallen pregnant with Boston. So it was only really four yeah. months of trying that I managed to fall pregnant. But I highly recommend if you can't fall pregnant to go and see an acupuncturist. Amazing. Yeah. Like just amazing. Yeah. And they help with like, I feel like hormone balancing as well. Like just like feeling like down maybe or having anxiety or just like having really bad periods. Like acupuncture is like, oh, amazing. Anyway, so yeah. I went and saw him, <laughs> um, fell pregnant and I managed to see him my whole pregnancy because I suffered actually quite bad sickness through the whole pregnancy with Boston. Um, yeah. but that was fine. I did find that acupuncture did help a lot. Um, I also didn't opt for a midwife this time just because not because I don't like, not like midwives or anything. I do. I did sure. love my midwife. Um, I think it just, when it came down to the crunch time of birth, I feel like she did kind of just, you know, she just put me aside quite a lot of the time, just maybe because of my age and like how yeah. healthy I was and whatnot. Like she didn't really take me seriously when I was like, I want like my baby is like huge. Like I need to like be induced or whatever. Like I didn't really like trust her near the end. So this yeah. time like um, me and my partner, obviously like we were in a situation, lucky situation where we could afford to go and see an amazing OB Nick Walker. If anyone is in Auckland, he is absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. and he like, I feel like I just like fell in love with him. Like as soon as I met him, <laughs> he was just so amazing, yeah. so calming and just such like a knowledgeable person. Like any question you wanted to ask, he would know any, like on your phone, like you could call him at any time of the day or night and he'll just be there to help you. And he was just more 
he was amazing. Like in the bottom line, he was amazing. So yeah. he knew obviously like my past pregnancy and he was like, well, since you had a 10.1 pound baby last time, like I guarantee that you will have a bigger baby this time. Um, so we'll just like, when do you want to like, I feel like when you get a private doctor, it's kind of like you've got the upper hand. Like I kind of chose when I wanted to give birth and yeah, um, yeah. I wanted to be induced on this day and he made it work. And obviously he said it's different. If it was your first baby, your cervix isn't as unfavorable as it would be with your first. So he's like, your body kind of knows what it's doing. So it's more lenient to, you can be induced a bit more easier. Like you'll normally be dilated a bit sooner than not. Yes. Um, so I was induced at 38 weeks exactly with Boston. Um, yeah. and that was amazing. Like straight into hospital, he, ch- he checked me. He was like, Oh, you're actually already like two centimeters dilated. Like you'll be fine. Went into the birthing suite, like no qualms at all. Had my epidural. Then he induced me. So I didn't even feel any contractions, <laughs> anything like nothing. Um, yeah. it was like a little, it was like a little holiday, had a little sleigh, <laughs> six hours, like talked to my midwife. Cause like you also get a, um, private midwife as well. Yeah. Um, and she was, she was amazing too. And then like six hours later, he was like, you're fully dilated. Let's go. And then I pushed for 12 minutes. And he was out. Yeah. So different to your first. <laughs> so different. Like no one else in the room. It was just like me, Boston's dad, a midwife and my OB. Like it was so calm. Yeah. And he was born and I think he, he was born and he was eight pounds. So he was a very, like he was big for a two week early baby. So it was yes. good that we got him out when we did, because if I was left for probably 40 weeks, he would have been like a 10 pound. And now he's the same size as, <laughs> Frankie, who's two and a half and he's only 11 months. He's huge. Um, (laughs) and, um, and then he was born, but he descended so fast that like his lungs didn't like compress out a lot of the fluids. So Uh, he did have to be taken away. So I managed to have him on my chest maybe for like five or 10 minutes, but, or maybe not even that, maybe like only like five minutes, four minutes. Um, and then they took him off down to NICU and he was in there for, maybe two days, I think. And then we had to stay in hospital for like a following three. So I think we stayed in hospital for like five days. Um, he just had a CPAC machine on just to dry out his lungs. And it was kind of scary. I didn't really, because obviously the birth was just so amazing. I was ready to be like, cool, I'll stay, you know, he'll get all ready. I'll get dressed and I'll go home. Like that's what I had planned on doing. Um, but that wasn't the case. So we stayed in hospital for a few days and then he got jaundice, like really bad. <laughs> so it was like, we're out of hospital. I like begging them to let me out of hospital. And again, luckily I had an OB. He was like, I'm going to sign you out. So I'll come to the house and like see you every day and we'll check his Billy Rubin at home. So I was lucky that I didn't even have to take him to get like blood tests every day. Someone came to the house and did it. So for a week after we were home, he was getting his Billy Rubin checked and it was literally just like on the line every day. And Lucky it was summer, so I had him like sitting in the sun, like most time, yeah. trying to like um get it down. And then I think after a few days we did, and we were lucky that we didn't have to go back into hospital to be put under the UV light. Yeah, which was good. But yeah. now he's like a thriving, happy little dude. And I only <laughs> breastfed him for maybe like three months. I think. Yeah, around three yeah. months. And yeah. how did you find the transition from one to two? children at home absolutely amazing (laughs) I feel like I so many people told me this is going to be so hard they're so close in age you're going to find it really difficult and challenging 
First of all, I feel like people shouldn't say that to like a woman that's pregnant with her second baby. Like (laughs) never say that. Like that is so daunting, but no, it is amazing. Like as soon as Frankie like walked in the door to see her brother, it was, I knew it was right. And she's so maternal for a two year old. It's insane. Like anytime she sees a baby or a pram, baby, baby, like obsessed. (laughs) The novelty is worn off now because Boston, like I said, is like the same size as her. So she's like, yeah. Oh no, he's boring. But as soon as a newborn's around, she's like all over it. Um, yeah. so yeah, she's great. Like I have had no, like they fight, like as siblings do and whatnot. They have like little arguments, but they've been so good. And it's just so beautiful to see them be so close. And I'm really glad that I did it as soon as I did because now they're like, Bossy's nearly one. And he's nearly walking. Like, I feel like he'll walk probably like today or tomorrow. He's like on the move yeah. and like, they're just so like, they're pretty much twins now <laughs> considering they yeah, are pretty yeah. much the same height and same weight. So it's, it's good. And I'm so blessed to have had one of each as well. So I think that's made me more yeah. content with just having two babies <laughs> other than yeah. one. But yeah, yeah, the transition, I, I found it absolutely fine. This time around, I don't think I felt any worry or mum guilt or anything this time I just really went with like what I knew and like what worked for me the first time and I was just so confident in myself with my second baby that it just all fell into place and Boston is like possibly the best baby ever anyway he's been sleeping through the night since (laughs) three weeks old like it's a dream he's just amazing but yeah I'm glad I've got two and no more (laughs) No more. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And how was your physical recovery from this birth? Did you find it different to your first, obviously, with Frankie being so much bigger and needing an episiotomy and all of that? Was it quite different or much the same? I did get an episiotomy with Boston as well. Um, my OB yeah. just said, you know, it's just a lot easier. But um, no, the recovery time, I think, was a lot harder with Frankie just because she was so much bigger. It was <laughs> a yeah. lot more recovery time needed. But with Boston, <laughs> I was like, out and about maybe like Frankie was a winter baby Boston was a summer baby so with Bossy like we kind of were just like straight out and back into everything you know we're at the beach probably like two weeks after he was born and doing everything as normal I feel like the recovery is always different with a second they just kind of slide on in your life you're like okay well we've got another one to look after too so yeah life just keeps moving whereas like when you've got your first it's just like all about them and you're in this like newborn bubble like the poor second baby <laughs> you just kind of go like it's all we're merging in we're all just one big family <laughs> but yeah, yeah the recovery time I yeah I don't think my recovery time was anything maybe like four weeks and yeah. it was all all good yeah Awesome. And I know that you and your partner aren't together anymore. So do you want to take us through sort of your journey as a single mum now and, and how you feel that has changed you as a person and what that experience has been like and any advice that you'd have for other mums out there going through something similar? Yeah. So funny, we we recorded our podcast a bit earlier and then we didn't release it <laughs> obvious, for obvious reasons because yeah. it was a lot different. But um, yeah, now it is, like, I think, common knowledge to a lot of people that me and my partner are together and he is like bottom line I could not have asked for a better dad or a person to have kids yeah. with like regardless of like what we've gone through or like what we're still going through like he is the best dad he loves his kids he's here every day he's with his children like 24 7 if he's not at work he is with his children um our relationship like we've only not been together for like nearly a year so I mean like 
it's still all new, but our relationship at the end of the day, just because it didn't work, like doesn't mean we're not going to be great parents. And I think that it's never like you've got kids. It's so much bigger than just like a breakup. It's like the the kids always have to come first. And I think that we're both like so level headed in that respect that we can both just come together as parents and, I swear, like, the children don't even know. They just think, like, mum and dad, like, they love each other still. We just, you know, we're just not together. So I think, like, if you are going through, like, a breakup or you have just, like, recently become a single mum, like, it does get better and it does get easier. I can't really speak, like, if, you know, the dad's, like, left and their dad's not around. I'm just so lucky that their dad is still here and he is around and he is just, like, hands-on, like, like nothing's changed really. Um, for me, like I did find, like, I think because the breakup happened whilst I had a newborn, like, yeah, that was definitely tough. Um, and like emotionally and mentally, like a hundred percent, like, you know, you've just had a baby, like let alone like your world, like your personal world or like your relationship is like ending. And like, how do you make that work? Because you've got two small children, but the end of the day, I think like, bigger picture like I've come out the other side now and I am so much stronger and so much happier I'm kind of glad this might sound really weird but kind of glad it's happened now and the kids kind of won't yeah. know any different and it's not going to be that affected on them because I like we will always stay as a united front whether we're in a relationship or not the kids won't yeah. always be happy and loved and they won't miss a single thing because their dad is and I am always around so yeah yeah I mean if you are going through anything and you are like recently become a single mom, feel free to message me and I can get more in depth with it. Um, if you're wanting yeah. any advice or anything, but you will get through it. That's all. <laughs> you will come up the other yeah. side and it will be, it will be for the right reasons and everything falls into place for a reason. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'll make sure I include your um, Instagram information. If anyone wants to send you a message. Perfect. And if anyone has any questions about, I mean, difference between going through a midwife or an OB or anything like that as well, I'm definitely more than happy. And if anyone is a new mum and wants mum friends, come to my mum, <laughs> yeah. come hang out with us. We're so loving yeah. and open armed to any woman that's had a baby or is pregnant or whatever. You can come hang out with us. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much, Jade, for coming on the podcast and sharing your experiences with us. I really appreciate it. That's all right. And good luck. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback. So either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.